0: Thank you. Welcome to the land that's way over up over. The sky's always sparkles in pollution or glitz.
1: Down in Tasmania, come to Tasmania.
0: Where fashion meets passion and they start to frown like a melancholy devil in his sad little town.
1: Come to Tasmania, down in Tasmania.
0: Charles has wires, Helena's in her shell. Lexi and Gottlieb make a crazy boy sell.
1: Down in Tasmania, come to Tasmania.
0: And Agatha lines up a new job. Archangelo always calls him a slob. Stella Pellegrino has a demon aloft. Jeffrey from the Hampton says his magic's not soft. Kathy left a wound that hurts like hell. Aunt Angelique has a story to tell. The lesser bachelors are looking about. The sales clerk, the Hellenists, have we left anyone else out? Oh yeah, don't forget Kaz.
1: He puts the Kaz in Kazmania down in Kazmania. Come to Kazmania. We need who? (sighs) Welcome to Atlanta, it's way under down under the sky's yellow, rain or shine. Come in Mom's We need you. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> good good enough.
0: <laughs> we mean you, I think is the actual <laughs> lyrics, but whatever. No, he needs you.
1: Like Uncle he, Sam he needs, needs you. He
0: needs he needs help he, is he, what he Oh, is that what the thing yeah, is? Yeah, he's jumping out it, of there like an Uncle Sam needs you. Yes, he is. I've been Poison Zane <laughs> by um the Looney Tunes, you know, um Porky Pig, that's all folks, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the um the the circle with like the concentric rings of color. Yeah. To me that means Looney Tunes Porky Pig, that's all folks. I I have stopped thinking of somebody bursting out of the center of a circle as an Uncle Sam.
1: Would you say that you've allowed media to corrupt you and draw you away from the patriotism of our great nation? and its symbols. I mean it would it's it's more like I was in
0: like a tug of war away from the patriotism of our nation. Okay. Uh e- equally by the um the advent of sports mania, cartoons and in- and my impending uh, sociopathy. It's hmm. a three-way tie.
1: Yeah, I'd love love to see that uh that rope. Whoever wins, we lose. Yeah.
0: What was that alien versus predator?
1: Uh, I believe so. Yeah, and Taz, <laughs> throw Taz in there. Oh, and don't forget Taz. <laughs> Please don't forget Taz. Please cr- do not forget this Christmas. Don't forget Taz.
0: Zane, did you um, did you read my message on Facebook? I didn't. I didn't check it. Which one? The the one where the DK rap. Oh, <laughs> welcome to the fridge. Yeah. I never realized it was a welcome to the bridge riff. Mm-hmm. Or 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 send it to the bridge.
1: Come on, Cranky, take it to the fridge.
0: Take it to the bridge. Take it to the fridge. Very good. I I love it. Yeah, I never put that together. I don't know if you did. It was kind of (laughs) like...
1: I mean, certainly not a first.
0: Yeah, it was like the Uncle Sam thing again. Like, I just didn't recognize.
1: But speaking of Uncle Uh, Sam, the Cartoncast needs you to get my mouth.
0: Uncle Taz, ready to to, uh, deliver. Uh pretty standard looney tune fare with a curiously in uneligible uneligible <laughs> this very eligible most uneligible bachelor, bachelor. <laughs> it's most... a raving <laughs> madman <covered> <laughs> <laughs> um yeah taz mania mm-hmm. focuses on taz who is just he's carrying looney tunes around but he doesn't speak and that's that's an interesting accent to our regularly scheduled Looney Tunes,
1: and it's tricky because like, this is a pretty stock standard Looney Tunes adaptation, right? They, they've had a few of them Tweety Bird mysteries, various uh, various Daffy revivals, etc. Um, I feel like if we had come to this when we had originally planned to back in year one of the Carton Cast, uh, by the way, my name is Zane.
0: Oh yeah, my name is Ben. And there's the Carton Welcome Cast. My, my, uh, the, the podcast where we, we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults today. We're old talking car- about Tasmania. Cartoons
1: that we meant to watch eight years ago. If we had come to it mm-hmm. then, I think it would have been more, uh, of a like, oh, we're coming to this fresh, this is classic Looney Tunes. Let's talk about the craft yeah. of it. But we already, we've already done that in, uh, Tiny Tunes and Animaniacs. We have,
0: uh, and also I very recently, uh, just, uh, went on and slammed, uh with with James uh watching Space Jam and so i was already kind of predisposed toward putting myself in the looney tunes mindset uh huh which made this go down really smooth interesting it didn't it didn't I, I don't know how you're seeing man. the
1: heights of space jam to kind it's, of slum it down here with tasmania down in tasmania come to tasmania it, i i think you need to watch space jam again to recall <laughs>
0: what kind of program that it's was it's always looping uh, in my head it's just um i was i'm i'm already i don't know like it primed the pump for my enjoyment of looney tunes stuff it has been a while we haven't really dealt with it i don't think we've ever really dealt specifically with like a bugs bunny you know yeah so just kind of marinating in like the classics Gave me a real appetite for it. It was it was the apéritif to mm. the main course that was Tasmania. So I was here for it, man. Interesting. Yeah, I it's just I, a bunch of Looney Tunes, and I
1: wanted a bunch of Looney Tunes, <laughs> and it went down easy. Interesting. I, I have some uh, complaints about this show. Um, just in sure. terms of comparing it directly with the classic series, I don't think it's sure. as good, but it is more. And this came out during a time when there was an appetite for more. Let's hear it. Yeah, so Tasmania ran on Fox Kids from 1991 to 1995. Unsurprisingly, it's made by Warner Brothers during their Saturday morning renaissance of the early 90s, um, you know, the Tiny Toons Animaniacs era. Um, This led them to make their own WB TV network, um, and the show was produced by Gene McCurdy and Tom Ruger, who also produced those other two. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, so unlike those other shows... This did not have any collaboration with Steven, Stiel- Sp- Steven Spielberg and his animation unit. Um, and even though at the time the show tied Tiny Toons for, like, highest-rated animated TV series, um, it didn't have Spielberg attached, and so WD- WB didn't give it as much attention.
0: Yeah, and that's pretty obvious, like, why. It's it's It's, it's- niche not yeah it is niche like even just looking at the color palette of a tiny tunes versus the color palette of a taz taz pops less well It it's less marketable kind of on its face yeah. i think would be fair to say just like if you if you scanned both of them without really even hearing what they're
1: saying you can tell what the winner is it's it's less high concept than tiny tunes with tiny Toons, it's like okay revival for a younger generation they've seen the classics their parents love the classics all sorts of new characters, classic plot lines with new twists, new pop culture references. Tasmania, this is a pretty straight spinoff with perhaps the least relevant Looney Tunes character. <laughs> I don't know about that. They they have a wide, crazy roster. He, he suits the 90s grunge aesthetic. I'll give him that.
0: I mean, y- you remember Speedy Gonzales? Like, mm. Taz is better than a Speedy. Like, yeah. that's just Mexico racism. <laughs> Uh, this is Australian racism, which plays a lot better with me
1: with yeah. the, with the critics. Good day, mate.
0: Yeah, that's that's the other thing. This takes place in a decidedly non Looney Tune space. Uh, the The thing that was kind of coming to my mind most readily was Roadrunner and Wily e. Coyote.
1: In terms of the, and, the like scenery.
0: Yeah, in terms of in terms of the background, like Death Valley, not that dissimilar from Australian outback. Uh huh. Especially when, like, at a glance, like, sure, there's weird, like, <sighs> there, there's, there's microcosms that need to support the sitcom nature of this. Yeah. So every so often you'll get an oasis or a garden or a jungle or something. But but it's distinct um,
1: from that, um, like, desert valley that wildly yes. had. This is. The, clearly, the outback, right? Yellows, oranges, and yeah. browns. It's it's got exotic trees, large stretches of nothing. Like this has a, a strong sense of place, which clashes with the fact that it's also a generic family sitcom, and also the, just yeah. that just they remade Looney Tunes with new characters. It's kind of incredible, actually, um, <laughs> that they put it, in it, all it's, this it's work.
0: A little shameless, uh, <laughs> honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not to say I dis I I, I dislike it, because in fact I think. It's Pretty fun, but um, it's a it is definitely It is definitely putting all of the tools that they had for Looney Tunes and just stuffing them into a new scenery and a new protagonist, yeah, s- such as he is. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, the 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 concept here is Taz, the Tasmanian devil. Um, he you know joined Looney Tunes in 1954, um, he retired in 1964, uh, and came back for this show after a brief appearance on Tiny Toons as the mentor of Dizzy Devil. And the only reason he appeared after his first appearance where he was a, a, a villain is he was deemed too violent for the kids, and he only made a resurgence after fan response. Um, his Wikipedia page says that he was inspired by Errol Flynn, which seems untrue. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was he was a villain in classic Looney Tunes. Um, he looks
0: like a villain. Like, if you just, like, look at his... His his stance, mm-hmm. his "I'm ready to mug" stance. Uh, <laughs> he looks like he's he all looks like he's a problematic. He's he looks like a problematic so and so. Yeah, and but so if you stick him in a family where he's the only one who isn't understood, suddenly he's a he's a schmo. Suddenly he's a goober. <laughs> he's a, he's an awkward teen. Yeah, he's because because I, Cause, cause I, in, in I actually Bunny. found him
1: very very cute in this show. Against Bugs Bunny, he's an invasive species, right? <laughs> and here there is back in quote-unquote his environment to see if he can reacclimate and he kind of can't where is tasman bugs bunny bugs bunny uh well it's close to albuquerque we know that we know it's definitely
0: not in albuquerque though <laughs> right um decidedly not an album but i mean
1: bugs bunny is shamelessly american whereas tas yeah that is true uh, tasmania is an island off the coast southern coast of australia it's the smallest australian province um and it has a very kind of unique culture and uh unique geography and unique animals such as the tasmanian devil and it's now extinct cousin the tasmanian tiger is that true yeah the, the the thylacine it died out in 1936 rip and um um so so um the Tasmanian devil is endangered and oh you have some Tasmanian devil facts I have exactly one Tasmanian devil fact uh made up of several sub facts um so they love sandwiches (laughs) they're voiced by Jim Cummings um yeah (laughs) WB kind of just made up this character based on the animal which is you know pretty violent it can spin somewhat it's uh it's carnivorous um They were—they made a deal with the Tasmanian government that allowed them to continue to use the character if they—because they made a lot of money off of this guy. Um, They had to put some of the money they made off the character into fighting devil facial tumor disease, which is a a major factor causing endangerment of the devil species. Really? And, Ben, um, I don't know how you feel about this newest chapter of Berserk, Devil Facial Tumor (laughs) Disease— it's (laughs) it's <laughs> is it a fan favorite time will
0: tell but yeah so um, yeah it that's 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 fascinating and like i i'm i i'm le- i i can't help but think that there's more to the origin of this man's well remember because-
1: at the time they made looney tunes characters by saying like what if an animal and its associated characteristics
0: yeah. What if animal was trope? What, what if animal what if, was, what if was, there was a big
1: rooster who acted like cock of the block, right? What if yes? <laughs> what if there was Easy. A, a duck who was manic?
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I I like that style of it. Um, I like that Looney Tunes has a space for a fra- a, a, a raging frothing madman. <laughs> yeah. And but but the decision to go from raging frothing madman to cute goober teen mm-hmm. i don't understand but i'm
1: glad they did it it's curious it's um and it's kind of like taz is ostensibly the main character and the focus of the show not a lot to taz Kind
0: of. <laughs> there's not. no there's very little to him he's just um he's he is i had uh a hard time kind of picking apart the character of Taz. As you said, there's not a lot there. I was trying to figure out how much of that is because he's unintelligible.
1: You he, know? He does speak at times. I think it's more just like he, he's not it, an interesting like character. Like Scooby-Doo.
0: It's like Scooby-Doo speaks at times, but I was wondering... it, it No, he's not a deep character, but, like, I was kind of comparing him to a Johnny Bravo or a Homer Simpson. Mm. Just, like dopey protagonist that everyone tries to bend to their will. And I was wondering how much does it hurt him to not be able to be the one who
1: tells jokes? To not have and agency? I don't think it
0: hurts. I don't think it well, he has agency. He just
1: he can't tell the jokes and therefore the jokes happen to him. He's often the victim of slapstick. He
0: is often the victim and oh, but a lot of the other times it's just somebody monologuing and like the fun of watching a didgeridingo just kind of soliloquy Mm -hmm. while Taz is in the shot is is something that you can't really get if the secondary party is talking back right so there's there's elements of this that can't really happen unless the person in the shot is a complete sounding board like they, they, they don't actually contribute thoughts and ideas of their own
1: and when we see this happen in the original looney tunes when we see bugs bunny monologue about his plan or about oh i'm gonna get him i'm gonna or oh i'm gonna save myself and taz is there as a destructive force of nature that works we're rooting for the main character in that situation who you know has character has a a monologue to give to put the emphasis on taz and have main characters kind of rotate around him, I found it harder to care about any of them because the focus is supposed to be on Taz and there's nothing for me to love. That
0: is a good point, and it's why I actually really appreciated this dynamic because you you put Taz as a villain to Bugs Bunny and you have a good guy, bad guy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You put Taz in relation to a number of insufferably British, like, side characters... There's not really a good or bad there. It's just annoying and stupid. And that opens up the door to completely abandon (laughs) the hero journey that you would need to have in a pro tag and tag show. You can just have hijinks and slapstick and funny
1: accents and leave the rest in the gutter. (laughs) Can, Can I make a parallel I wasn't expecting to make? Absolutely. One Punch Man
0: okay
1: i'm i'm (laughs) i'm curious right we have this blank slate of a character we have people monologuing around him people with a lot more stake in the verisimilitude of this environment and our main character who just can solve the problem or you know doesn't need to be in this situation might as well not be here really um and Mm. just uh the the focus is on everything else
0: I didn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. The comparison that I kind of made watching Taz was Kid Rad, mm-hmm. because what you have in this sitcom-heavy plotline, like just listen to the intro. It talks about his, you know, his colorful cast of friends, his family that doesn't show up, all of the classics. Mm-hmm. Kid Rad, one of his kind of main intri- intrigue points at the beginning of that um, that webcomic was that. He is a hero you know on paper he's 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 a hero sprite that is forced to live the nine to five yeah
1: the fish out of water story
0: and that's kind of what taz is in every element of his life whether he's trying to get a job or whether he's you know um, you know um, trying to explore whatever he's doing he doesn't really fit the surrounding territory very well right. And and watching him this this id try to negotiate the niceties of a fifteen fifties <laughs> suburban lifestyle is is I think where the core of the comedy comes from. Yeah.
1: So so there's two kinds of episodes here. It's kind of Rocco's modern life in that way. A
0: little almost. bit.
1: Um, victim you know, of society. Like
0: chameleon bros you can see the chameleon bros victimizing Taz really easily. Oh yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't know what's going on. He's he's <laughs> out of
1: his depth. And it, they're willing to use him. It kind of fits our original conception of the show, which is a normal show, and then this guy. <laughs> yeah, this fucking guy. K- kind of like how they did with Cousin Skeeter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pu- puppetry is a whole different
0: it's, so, a whole different basketball game. So
1: there's two different kinds of episodes here, primarily. Uh, the first is a slice-of-life suburban family with his normal mom, dad, brother, and sister. And then there's Taz, who's this gangly teen who's not... Fully house trained. (laughs) And so you have a normal sitcom plot, but also you got to bring your weirdo brother along.
0: Yeah. What if a tornado had a family is,
1: (laughs) is kind of how it, how it articulates
0: a lot of the time.
1: And then the other half are these, uh, much more like classic Looney Tunes inspired, like, you know, Elmer Fudd hunting Bugs Bunny. You have somebody who wants to defeat Taz or capture him or observe him or, or Taz is an, it's an object of interest. Um, but because, because both that he is a dangerous force of nature and also that he's just a guy, um, slapstick antics happen either to him or to the people pursuing him.
0: Well, and and this is, like, kind of related to the fact that he's a force of nature, and he just doesn't fit whatever the other characters are trying to do.
1: Yeah, he's, like, barely in his own show. <laughs> he's Yeah,
0: but, like, the other characters will, like, try to have him you know um paint a house or something yeah and because Taz is a barely house trained toddler you know he's going to eat the paint and start belching paint clouds this didn't actually happen but it could have I, I'm Nothing seeing it. stopping it <laughs> yeah um and that's that I think is equally important in those let's bounce off of a colorful cast of characters all of those colorful cast of characters do kind of fit the setting yeah and Taz is this X factor.
1: Yeah, it, it's like they have a setup, action, and resolution. And then they've just swapped out the action with, you know, this this guy. This guy. So we're, we yeah. are spending a lot of time with the other characters. But the payoff moments are are the Taz X factor. And I think that there is a, like a lot that you can get out of that. I don't know that you can get four seasons out of that. No, you you there's it's pretty
0: sharply limited. But remembering the era in which this came to sure kids WB cranking out shows, aping the um it, it aping was... the Looney Tunes format shamelessly. Like you are going to get a lot of this guy, and the bar for cl- you're clearing a low bar when you're doing a Tasmania
1: in, in the era before streaming. It was more important to be consistent than to yeah. a- try and achieve something grander.
0: And I don't fault them because Looney Tunes is such well worn territory. Voice actors, animators, music score, everything. You've seen it before. To just do that, but Australia and a tornado is the main character is is like that's kind of enough. That yeah. is kind of enough. <laughs> that that was enough. It's, it's not great, <laughs> but it, it's enough. Yeah. Um yeah, but anyway, let, let's 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 talk about the, the characters in uh, in some small detail. Yeah. Um, so obviously I, I, Taz. Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
1: Well, uh, yeah. I think I think we need to talk about Taz, but really in the context of his family because he is the opposition point. So like, if you compare his body to his family's bodies and they wear clothes, he looks like yeah. a feral version of whatever they are. Right? Like dogs versus coyotes.
0: Yeah. Like. He, <laughs> He, he is whatever the dad is, but on a full moon, almost.
1: He The size of him and the gangliness, you could read it as awkward teen, but because we're used to seeing this thing as a wild animal chasing Bugs Bunny, it feels more like he's got an endocrine problem.
0: It It feels more like this is a foster family for somebody oh, who
1: grew up on the street. Like a reverse heifer being adopted by wolves thing? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Just don't something tell like him it. that he could eat us
0: something like that, mm-hmm. something akin to that. Um he's essentially Animal from the Muppets. If you want another example, uh, of yeah, yeah. a th- of what this character offers.
1: Yeah, that, like the whole uh, rest of the cast is having a full scene and then at some point we need to end the scene, so Animal's going to eat a drum.
0: He's basically, yeah, he, Animal eats a drum, Taz um reverse Kool-Aid man's out of the house. <laughs> it, uh, th- those are the those are the verbs by which we can end the scene.
1: Mhm.
0: Um, Um, yeah, and and we kind of already stated most of Taz. I am interested in talking about his family. Yeah.
1: So, well, one member of his family. Is it the dad? It is the dad. (laughs) So, mom's a live wire, dad's a bump on a log. I love the, (laughs) we're going to get into
0: it later on the, the, on the lyricality of that intro. It's dynamite.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you can't understand the words the first time around. Like, that, that like cut in that clip part of it where they say that and without knowing that's what the words are takes a little bit to realize (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: also filtered through an Australian accent which
1: is an important quantity to this show so so his dad is uh, Hugh Devil I guess (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't. Uh, th- I think their last name is Devil Tasmanian or Tasmanian Devil. So, so Taz weird. Tasmanian Devil.
1: Um, this is a Bing Crosby impression, like like Shameless
0: Bing Act- Crosby actionably. impression um, by uh, Maurice LaMarche, who is just selling.
1: Yeah, and by the way, Warner Brothers property in the early '90s: Maurice LaMarche, Rob Paulson, Jim Cummings. There they are. <laughs> the, the the one two three it's punch. just...
0: It's the Animaniacs again. It's great.
1: Um, so this this is uh, you know standard like, uh, oh, you know a boy's gotta gotta learn some responsibility these days. And...
0: Yeah, Dexter's dad is pretty close as well. Um, uh, they were all kind of the same, and they, guy. they they
1: recognize it right. Like they they fourth wall break it where he'll just say blah blah blah. Yeah, and the blah blah blah, the yada yada.
0: <laughs> the, it's it's kind of good. Like oh yeah. <laughs> I I, that character's good the other characters I thought were non-offensive even mm-hmm. though they are just kind of space fillers
1: yeah the, the, but the dad
0: is really the cornerstone of the cornerstone. But my favorite episode was
1: the dad and his brother who's just the same guy they do like a golf tournament sequence against
0: oh that's such a good place for Taz's dad and
1: Taz Taz is in the show so he has to come along but he doesn't really have anything to do so he just kind of gets sports victimized <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> Again,
0: not that dissimilar from Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. Mm-hmm. Whatever the contraption is, we just have to find a way for Wile E. Coyote to be injured by it. Yeah. Whatever the situation is,
1: we just need a way to injure Taz. And there's a lot of those. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, but then you also have your standard rest of the sitcom family, Midwestern mom, you know, vapid mm-hmm. sister, Ernest Don't brother. you
0: know? Yeah, it's Bobby's world again.
1: It, it really is. Um
0: and it's worth mentioning that Taz is the only one in his family who neither wears clothes nor talks.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the 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 adopted you know flea and wild thornberries thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's just like so. This character has existed.
1: They they and He's you, just never
0: been the focus like this.
1: And it's so weird because the the unspoken. Uh, agreement, the pact that the show asks you to enter into by watching it is to not pay attention to the fact that he's naked and screaming. But all I mean, of the humor comes tunes. from the fact that he's naked and screaming. Yeah,
0: that that is the twist. <laughs> 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 like what if in Bugs Bunny everyone was talking about how how this amorous rabbit walks upright and eats it like and and um it makes pop culture references. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a strange decision. (laughs) And I I I kind of like it. Like I like the it's it's kind of an immortal joke of this one. We can't understand. And everyone reacts as though they can understand. And whatever's in the gutter is for the audience to decide. And that can be really funny. Mm -hmm. Like Courage the Cowardly Dog does this. All the time, yeah. that, like the main source of him communicating with anyone else. That's that's What's where the that? humor. Is. You
1: say that this plot beat, <laughs> yeah, this exactly. thing I need to communicate or, to the audience, or
0: like you know, the dad will be like, "Taz, I think it's time we had a talk." Bleh? No, 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 not that. Not until you're older. You know, it's, <laughs> the, the the you fill it in with whatever the joke, and you're laughing right now because that's a perfectly well told joke. Yeah, and Looney Tunes knows how to make these jokes. It's it's ju- they're just swapping the wallpaper. I'm
1: I'm just I'm just amazed that they went with that specific construction as the basis of a 65 episode show.
0: Yeah, it that's a lot of episodes <laughs> for that joke. Yeah, but they know how to stretch. Um, they they're the pros. Let's talk about let's talk about some of the other characters. I which is honestly didn't see very- a ton.
1: I didn't watch it's a the lot. very
0: definition of satellite characters like they yeah. show up once every three episodes like clockwork and they are p- pleasantly shaped manic
1: intellectual weirdos for the most part and there's enough of them and they show up individually infrequently enough that the intro just has to tell you who they all are and it what. it reminds you yeah it's like Bakuno. like like don't be <laughs> you're gonna forget if we don't tell you up.
0: Yeah, um, I actually liked a fair number of them. I think Didgeridingo, who is played by Rob Paulson, is, you know, he's he's kind of a, I don't know, he struck me as like a scam artist who's mm-hmm. always trying to use Taz to further his own ends. Sure. Uh, I like the Platypus Brothers, whom are some form of Daffy Duck, yeah. if you made them brothers, more or less. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's, there's a couple humans every so often. Uh, they are again just like they they talk more british than you would expect Uh, the the main the main dual the main duality that you get from taz is civilized to uncivilized so everyone we pair him up with has to be more on the ball right and the accents of british and australian do a really good job of that
1: yeah, and and you'll notice when you were describing some of those characters that your your reference point was Looney Tunes, and mm-hmm. it does feel like they had to remake the whole cast of Looney Tunes from whole cloth to make this work, and that's again a weird choice because <laughs> you didn't have to make this show, um, but like the, like yeah. Bush Lad uh, is just Stupid. Wiley Coyote. Oh, oh, you mean um wendell t wolf no wendell T. wolf is woody is woody allen like they they oh, change rough right, up right. <laughs> um yeah the, the gators <laughs> they, they, just, they mix and match the them. gators are a two-person elmer fudd the pig yes looks like porky but acts like daffy the kiwis are tweety birds like they they remade everything with this just like australia filter
0: zane how much does the australia filter do for you enough Enough is <laughs> I, that's exactly where I'm at, right now and and enough is where I came in on this show again, because I was just I was tempered by watching space jam, so I was already like sometimes Looney Tunes can just kind of be there, and it doesn't need to be a particularly good show beyond that to sate my needs mm-hmm. so i was I was kind of already ready for it to just be enough, and that was good enough,
1: yeah, and I think the fact that they had um characters using conceits that they were familiar with, so they didn't have to think too hard about plot structure. But these are new characters, so we can get weird with them and do wacky voices. Like, it's extending their mileage, which is something that you need when you've rehashed all of this in the past.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I also think that the other characters, their
1: proportions
0: relative to Taz are very useful in determining what the relationship should be. Like, their posture is usually straight. They're standing up straight. Like, for... Didgeridingo, for example. And he's... You know, he's got good posture. He's enunciating. And Taz is all hunched over and shifty-eyed. And that's a joke in and of itself. You can tell what their relationship is just from the still
1: frames, honestly. Yeah, really really good physicality. And honestly, you can tell most of their personalities just from looking at their character models in the intro. And they're
0: not new, is the thing. (laughs) They don't gotta be. We already know that these... These we already know that the physicality works. Yeah, we already know that, you know, hunched over maniac and posh upright guy is a match made in heaven. Just look at Statler and Waldorf. Like we we don't have to have more than that. Right. <laughs> it's um, yeah. So I I ended up with just enough is good enough.
1: It it does feel that I did. Way. Spe-
0: I did specifically really like the Dingo character, but mainly just because their proportions reminded me a lot of Calvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. also because Rob Paulson is a treasure.
1: It does feel like in order to stretch this soup, they had to dilute it with other elements. Um, you know the, the the Looney Tunes of it all because Taz can't carry it for too long. That's where the the sitcom family comes from. That's where the fourth wall breaks come from. There are a lot more of those, I think, than in classic Looney Tunes. It's getting much more into the uh, animaniacs territory. It is. It's very. It. There's like they a were lot on of their the way. Episodes there.
0: I, the episodes that I saw did wink at the camera with some regularity. I remember there was an episode where Didry Dingo was taking Taz on a fishing trip. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about. It. The nuts and bolts of it. Sure. Uh, Taz gets attacked by sharks because again, there's no hero or villain. Uh, these are just characters. What physical comedy can happen to? And we just get a bunch of reaction shots. Like yeah. you know, like ooh, I don't. Uh, let's <laughs> let's just fade to black. You're you don't want to see this. And yeah, then it
1: just fades to black because yeah. In the uh, in the golf episode, they uh, you know they do a hole and uh, and they're like. Ooh, are we going to have We gonna have enough time to, to play this whole game before we got to get back home? Well, I think this is a good time for us to cut to commercial. No, no, no. We'll just do a sports montage. Here, enter into this like like amusement park ride, and we'll go through it, and we'll watch the montage, and then we'll arrive at the 18th hole where, oh, we're all tied up. Everything is going to hang right on this one putt.
0: <laughs> nice. No, that's really good. Yeah, they're, they're um, open can... about it. Yeah, I don't think that there's any element of this show that is reaching beyond its grasp. Yeah, it, and it aims at the is, middle. It it does. Boy, howdy, is it aiming at the middle. So I think with that in mind, we should kind of comment upon the places that it hits and partially exceeds the middle and places where it hits and sort of fails the middle. Like, we, we sure. recognize that everything
1: just sort of works. Yeah. But
0: so, are there elements that work better or worse? The sitcom family beyond the dad is not that great. Yeah. Um... And the t- these aren't Looney Tunes; they're just shaped like Looney Tunes, right? Yep. So the character work in general is a little weaker. The thing that I think is is maybe hitting above its weight class, as we kind of articulated earlier, is the setting. Yeah, it looks
1: great, and you know. Yeah, this is a good-looking show. A- Australia is kind of a, you know, the common cultural conceit of it is that it's a a very dangerous place. <laughs>
0: of Steve Irwin's yeah
1: and so uh, you can do rings a everywhere. With that. there's a um, there's a an episode where Taz and his brother his brother okay let me see if I can remember the the <laughs> <laughs> because like it's such
0: a flimsy watching Zane trying to remember Taz the Tasmanian devil plot lines is is a treat guys his,
1: his brother got another merit badge so that he could become the next level of scout and for and some reason, badges. he has to go somewhere, and Taz has to accompany that him. And they can't like drive; they have to camp their way there. I, I don't there know. Is there something more nineties than
0: <laughs> than than merit badge uh, uh, sitcom oh plotline?
1: There's so many, and they do like the oh Taz, you were gonna fall off the log into the waterfall. That's my first merit badge that that I ever got was swinging off save, a vine to get s- that.
0: Oh yeah, save a save a Tasmanian devil. Like the overly specific merit badge yeah. joke is one that. Also, always works on me. I'm realizing talking about this that I'm a very easy sell as long as it's (laughs) Looney
1: Tunes. So um, the highlight here is they're they're in the dark, they're scared. There's like a monster that they're afraid of, and they're wondering about what it is. And animation wise, they create like there's this amorphous shape that is forming these monsters as they're describing them. And they're like, that's cool. oh, maybe it's a zebra-octanoceros, which is a zebra-rhino-octopus hybrid. And goddammit, it looks like it. And then Taz says, like, oh, it's, or, or his brother relays that Taz says this. It's a yeah. uh, scorp parakeet fish, which is a scorpion parakeet fish. And it just transforms. I love, I love that they
0: like tried it. at the beginning of that amalgamation, and then it gave up and said fish at the end. And
1: then they said ox, goat, sheep, apotamus. Then it looks like these monstrosities have been beautifully crafted as they talk through each syllable. like, like And the things move like a cuphead boss. <laughs> so, so like compared to normal Looney Tunes where you are limited to, let's say, a guy with a gun or a guy with two guns or... Uh, Wait,
0: a good guy with a gun?
1: Uh, uh, well, he's hunting wabbits. Uh, that's kind of amoral. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose it is. <laughs> uh Yosemite Sam is certainly not a good guy. But there's only so much you can do with those model wise. Australian Outback, you can bring in all kinds of new characters. The monster quotient you can do a lot with. And I think that's like the, yeah. the, the way that they move and uh create new stuff in this environment, that, that's that's above its weight class. There everything that like
0: because everything is a is a weird copy of a copy of a Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. you you might expect that everything looks kind of slipshod. It doesn't. Everything's really pleasantly shaped. Mm-hmm. Um and it's I, I think that it's like a good use of talent in the animation to like make the characters behave in a way that sells because they don't move the backgrounds at all. You know? Like the backgrounds are pretty static. And that With the works. exception of, like, whatever terrain Taz is tearing up.
1: Again, that works here. Australian Outback, wide open spaces. In a Bugs Bunny forest, you have to repeat the background because you're much more zoomed in and there's a lot more that should be going on.
0: Yeah. I'll also mention, you know, it's not all Outback. There are buildings and the like. <laughs> <laughs> Everything... Here kind of feels like these are the first people to set foot on Australia after a terrible accident.
1: Yeah, like they're, they're settlers. All of the
0: buildings, they, it everywhere. It feels like bedrock. It's an you invasive know?
1: species. Oh yeah, bedrock. Yeah, because like they're, every house, every
0: building is like a bunch of uniquely shaped quarry rocks, just perfectly
1: kind of nestled together with no mortar. Because they know they have to split the difference between this is a standard sitcom and these are wild animals
0: yeah so yeah, like yeah yeah
1: the the rooms and hallways in the taz household are hewn from cracked stone but there's just yes a refrigerator and a cabinet and there's like floor tiles but they're set they're scattered at random the, all of the doorways
0: are irregular shapes yeah which they should be but like think about this there's <laughs> levels of gradation in the taz household because taz lives in a cave you you don't expect regular shapes in a cave. And then you go into the Taz house. Yep. Like not just his weird like little outhouse bedroom, whatever the hell that place is. You go to his actual house, looks like a house. The same level of regular sh- irregular shape as we had in Taz's bedroom. But it looks like a house now. Like does the gymnastics <laughs> that it makes your brain do like these shapes the irregular shapes can mean house or not house again
1: it's, and, it's asking it's just you just up to the context it's asking you not to pay attention to what the joke is
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> just let it kind of kind of be there yeah uh let me let me i'm, I'm looking through some of
1: my notes here mm-hmm. yeah i i think the things that are based in the looney tune craft are refined and those are where they're where they're doing well um the movement of the characters you know it's not like this isn't the family guy era where they stand stock still while you're talking everyone's kind of like loose and and chatting um yeah they're they're
0: not the anime style only the person talking is the one who's moving mm -hmm. they're they're there's usually two people moving yeah taz and someone who's trying to get on taz's bad side in a weird way and you need them to move because that's in the Looney Tunes aesthetic. That's how they're communicating.
1: Well, in the Looney Tunes aesthetic, the orchestrated music follows the movement. That is an important part to the feel that that makes each scene pop more than just a scene where characters are talking. That's true. I will say, it's not that the backgrounds are
0: entirely static because Taz has to break them. Yeah. Yeah. I had a hard time... You know, you, you you come across this thing in games and TV and stuff every so often where... wall. Yeah, where there's, like, a pile of rocks, three of which are distinct, and the rest is a discernible pile. Those three are going to get thrown. Yep. You know, everything else is... So it's very easy to discern what's a background and what's not. Here, everything looks like a background until it's blown up. Like, there, right. you can't really... It's hard to destructible environments. <laughs> it's it's hard to guess, and like that might be important for the the flow of an episode. It's it's kind of hard to guess what is Taz going to tear through, right? Which uh, is a pleasant surprise by me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I did uh, want to also point out that the fact that we have Australian outback and sitcom and burgeoning civilization in the loosest sense means that you really can have any kind of plot and it doesn't matter you talked about golf courses i saw a hotel they had a treasure hunt like it it doesn't like everywhere is open this Mm -hmm. isn't the tiny toon adventures where if you need a specific thing it's got to be either a class or in the grounds or right go go dodo has to transport you to
1: the wacky dimension right (laughs) um but at the same time that groundedness that that inability to leave the outback um or this this manufactured outback that they have it limits the kind of stories they can tell right in tiny tunes they were messing around with the f- like the form like the medium not just the plot yeah and i yeah, think
0: they were having classes on how to go rigor mortis you yeah. know
1: it was experimental in a way that this is um you know uh uh um, new Coke. What's the, it's it's new? It's reverential it's, of the source material. It's a new coat of paint.
0: Yes, it's a it's an old, it's a new twist on an old favorite.
1: Sure. Much like New Coke, or when they brought Zima back.
0: Oh, you must have been so happy, Ben. I can't even get into it. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I I kind of noticed watching this, and this is something that maybe doesn't register if you're just watching Looney Tunes writ large. Mm-hmm. Weird Al was prescient in a number of ways. Okay, but, but but none so accurately as the draw of food, the primal draw that is the food based plotline. Ah, uh, you you can really see in this like the the reverence with which they craft a particularly juicy hoagie or you know <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner. Like all the food kind of pops really well and it's it's a fertile ground for make a plot happen but with food.
1: Because we need to see food as Taz sees food.
0: Yes. Everything has to be through the um the animation lens of a starving man on a desert island where everything is a hamburger, <laughs> even if it's your friend. Especially if it's your friend. Yeah. And you get you that know delightful tender. Yes. Oh tender. Tender. The, the 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 place that I kind of put this all together was mm-hmm. during the um, American Gladiator, but with food. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they do they do food wars in this. Great. Uh, Nbd. Yeah. No. Um, Taz and his mom, basically, just it's a seven minute episode. I don't know like how long these they they episodes do tend eighteen
1: minute episodes and they do eight minute episodes. This was an
0: eight minute episode where they they go on American Gladiator. But it's food themed, mm-hmm. and it, just wind it up and watch it go. Like <laughs> nothing else. That's that's all of it. Yep. But but you can get a good amount out of that. And uh, something that I was thinking about when I when I saw that scene was the um, the fry cook Olympics in SpongeBob. Yeah. And how just having a regular thing and foodifying it somehow makes it a cartoon.
1: Right, I don't, I don't know where to go with that exactly, <laughs> but, well, yeah. it's, 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 um, it's this idea of drawing attention to something that we don't pay a lot of attention to in the real world. Um, it's, it's creating something that like has inherent value that characters can argue and fight over, um, in a way that kids can understand. And, it, and it's funny because like, like, oh, we're fighting to the death over a juicy burger, is funnier than we're fighting to the death over like these stocks a million dollars yeah yeah it it just works better because it's not squid game it could be squid game you're making it sound like a squid game <laughs> yeah, well in australia it's like giant squid game it's uh, very different yeah you gotta escalate yeah
0: yeah it's just it's just the one guy um fighting a hundred thousand smaller guys yeah
1: and i think um this this food olympics uh murder murder field uh, draws attention to the, the part of this show that I think dips below the level of quality for Looney Tunes, where sure. they know how to write Taz as the victim of slapstick violence.
0: And they yes, also they, do.
1: they also know how to write fun, fourth wall breaking show with, you know, moderately good dialogue. They, they don't know how to do those two things at the same time.
0: No, if if Taz isn't the joke, the other person becomes the joke, and Taz becomes very uninteresting.
1: And if we were going to have a physical thing be the joke, Taz be the one to do it, so all the dialogue has to go to the other characters. Can be. I mean, like they're they're not they they're
0: not shy with that brush, Zane. They they make <laughs> physical violence happen to every character. Right. It's indiscriminate in a way that I is that is the one thing about this that is unique to me is that. The the physical violence just happens to everyone. I didn't. It's, see it's like that a Three Stooges cartoon. I, like, I believe
1: you, but I didn't see it as much. Can you describe a couple of uh, other people being the butt of the joke?
0: Um. Yeah. The um. The episode where Taz. <laughs> this I I love Looney Tunes plot lines so much. <laughs> Taz wants to buy a motorcycle, so he has to get a job. Yeah. And. The the platypus brothers get him a job as like a third worker, trying to get this hotel up to shape. Um, and the entire premise of the episode is like a series of gags wherein the Platypus brothers need Taz to stand there and, like, hold down this rug or hold this rope so that nothing happens. And the hotel owner will come in talk to Taz and be like, you're you're doing nothing. You're not helping at all. Why don't you go stand over there? And him, him trying to mush mouth his way to making this guy understand. And he's like, is that all you got to say to yourself? Blah, 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 blah. Like, Pretty good. <laughs> again, fourth wall kind of thing. And Taz will walk off. And because he's no longer there holding the thing, the thing makes physical violence happen to the manager. Yeah, sure. So, and and I saw that happening in a couple of different episodes. I, I think that taz is neither he's not clever enough to be a protagonist but he's not mean-spirited enough to always be the victim sure so they just kind of let let everyone be the like this is a wacky dimension they're (laughs) make they make australia look like a wacky dimension there isn't really there isn't really a flow of there isn't really the standard hero villain or even protagonist antagonist. We're not waiting for Taz to get one up on this other guy. We're just kind of watching the Three Stooges bumble for a while. It's just a, it's just a bumbling simulator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they
1: just there's, bumble. There's no, same. there's no overall like uh, goal that these character have. That these characters have. It's as though they woke up, were told what the conceit of the plot was for the day, and then just went about as best they could.
0: Let me, let me try to sum it up in a different way. There isn't a narrative arc that is focused around the, um, the worth of any given character. Yeah. Like there's, there's no, I'm going to start do trying to do like Taz get, tries to get a, wants to get money to get a motorcycle. That's his motivation at the beginning of the episode not only does that not resolve by the end of the episode, but there is no need to resolve <laughs> it by the end of the episode. I had forgotten about it a minute in. Yeah. Because <laughs> the the show doesn't want you to care. The show is like, well, there's going to be some slapstick with this, um, this, this British mama's boy.
1: Yeah. It, just watch that. This is just a way to get to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, the most ham-fisted the plot gets is when they try to move Taz from where he starts to where he needs to be.
1: Mm-hmm. And they usually manage that with food. Yeah. Oh, what what if there was a burger on the way? Got it. Exactly. (laughs) What if a burger? Um, Yeah. Uh, So is that all? (laughs) No, we need to talk about sound effects, my dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. So back to classic Looney Tunes. Well, for the most part, that's true. We do have the orchestral
0: score, you know, Alan Silvestri and the like. Uh, to, to Um,
1: To prime the audience. Yes. Imagine a character getting bonked on the head with a mallet. That raised, hairless bump comes up. You use the mallet to hit it back in your head. Are we all picturing and hearing that? That's our I'll starting point. I'll try to s- find a
0: sound clip that, that it appropriately shows. But yeah, um, it is it is mostly that. With every so often some merry melodies kind of soundtracks going on. Sure. Da, na, da, na,
1: na, na, na. The diaz yeah, yeah. The, the classics like this is shorthand for the audience to know the theme because society yeah. has just decided that's the theme for it.
0: This, this here is some Mozart that fell into um, public domain before we made Looney Tunes. So <laughs> exactly. Here we go. But So that is, that's the basis of it because, again, this is just Looney Tunes. Just think Looney Tunes. There's a couple things to note here that I think are important, but I'm having a hard time discussing them. The Tasmania devil spin and the unintelligible gibbering mm. really,
1: really stand out. This this is why you would have this character, right? Yes. This is the point. What what do you think about these? The the kinetic motion, like the, the of the Taz spin, right? Like this was a fan favorite from when he started. People wrote letters saying when you're gonna bring that guy back, even though he's just trying to eat bugs. Uh, bugs yeah. Bunny, not bugs the insects. And so Like, having this, you know, Tornado Kirby ability move... Yeah. Just, like, you can feel that he's just barely under control himself, let alone anybody else trying to maneuver Oh, God.
0: (laughs) The Cyclone has this amazing kind of um, trying-to-catch-a-half-full-water-balloon inertia to it. Yeah. Where, like, (laughs) he's got very loose control over what's happening, and... and You're driving on an icy road, and you have to steer into the slide... Yeah, there's something it. that isn't that isn't normal physics with him. Yeah, uh, it sold so well, and it looks incredible because like it's just kind of a a, a bunch of limbs and eyes circling around as he kind of gets revved up. Yeah. But the the sound design on that spin, like I have a Pavlovian reaction. I get I get a a a, a nostalgia erection. Whenever Taz is splintering apart a tree, and you hear the paper shredder going overtime, <laughs> right? Like you hear the 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 whirling dervish of his spin, and then he interacts with something, and damn if it doesn't sound like the spin combined with a wood chipper.
1: Yeah, it, it's so good. And and they, um, you know, they they put care into it to show that. This has the power to go through walls. You never question that. Yes.
0: Well, I mean all the walls are like sheet rock in this <laughs> also. So right. like it's it's really a testament to how powerful they make this thing sound that it's never a doubt in your mind.
1: Yeah. This this blender man.
0: Yeah, I I cannot say enough good things about the sound design of his spin. Mm-hmm. His dialogue I think it's doing semi the same thing, but like a little bit less
1: fluently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is Jim Cummings, right? Like the the, the, the proper heir to the Mel Blanc or or the... The Frank Welker throne. The Frank Welker kind of, yeah. He's operating in a very similar space um, where it's it's an animal, but it's not one we know.
0: Yeah, and I don't love his voice. It, It like fits well enough. The thing I was thinking is that it really plays with that theme of this is basically a wild animal that we have tried to domesticate, mm-hmm. and, and so he can only really talk in these like slavering growls of uh, and 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 raspberry sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the raspberry sound effect that turns me off, but it's it's it, it's frustrating. It turned, to me. It, it's it, like the it's like a flatulence thing.
1: I, I don't know. It's, it's very lowbrow. It um, I mean it, it it clashes with the rest of the sound, which is a lot more like powerful, violent, and they need to draw that back some way by by having it also cartoonish and goofy. I think that's I, su- I that's, suppose that's, the that's true. Of it. Uh, I never really questioned it because to me that's part of the Taz sound.
0: It's also not—it's not unforgivably anti Looney Tunes because yeah. it's essentially the same thing as what Elmer Fudd does. He's like he just does other dumb guy sound effects, right? So it's—it's it's not particularly different. I guess it's just, you know, on just a reaction level, hearing somebody blow a bunch of raspberries over and over. Eventually, I'd want to smack them. Sure, <laughs> so, and that does happen here. Um, just don't don't have a ton to talk about him. Um, no, he. This is a pretty straight putt down the Looney Tune road. I did have a couple more like music and sound elements I wanted to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you said that the dialogue was good. Did you have any particular like? Uh, I mean, a lot of it did
1: come from the dad, but a lot of it is just you know your regular fourth wall break where, uh, you know, the. Let me see if I can find an example. You know, so when they're when they're walking when they're going through the golf montage. And they, they they know that the bad guys are gonna be cheating. And the, the what we've seen so far is Taz is kind of like preventing the cheating and getting hurt in the process. Like that's the 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 joke that they're gonna build on for ten minutes. Oh yeah, buttons and Mindy. Yeah. And the dads or the dad and the uncle see this and they see the cheating and they're like, Well, that doesn't seem sportsmanlike. And they see Taz getting hurt and they're like, Wow, I guess, guess Taz is one tough customer. Um, like that's that's the standard stuff. They also do the fourth wall, like I like I mentioned with the oh, we're just gonna have ourselves a nice montage, or the the villains have a shadow caddy, like a man who is made of shadow who is also their caddy. I assume there's a joke there. (laughs) Yeah, I honestly don't even really need a joke. It's just (laughs) kind of and they say like oh, this is our perfectly normal caddy, you know, sound effect like dun dun. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's um, I think they just have a good cadence where they know who needs to say what to not lose my interest. They do. And I'm wondering
0: if most of that can be um, attributed to the Australian accents. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, not all of them do it. But um, I found that, like, a majority of them tried to have a pretty posh accent. And that really, I don't know, it's just, it's a funny there's a reason that comedians do accents. Right. You know, hearing things in a different tone of voice, kind of inherently comedic, even if you're not trying to be.
1: Yeah. And I think the show as a whole does a lot to lower your thought process while you watch it, like, to, to kind of put you in a lower state where you can enjoy dumber humor. Um, the characters say what they're thinking constantly. Uh, <laughs> like... Um, the, the, the brother, after he wakes up from a bad dream, he's like, that was a weird dream. I wonder what Taz had to do with it. Maybe that's foreshadowing for later events. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I wish I had seen more fourth wall stuff because that's very good. That's that's almost freakazoidian. Or the, um, the, the sister, you know, brings home a bird and she's like, okay, I'm going to put this bird here in this cage so that Taz doesn't eat it. And you know what? I bet he'll probably try to eat it. So I'm going to check back in a minute. Just straight to <laughs> camera. <laughs> And, like, That's I don't real good. need to think a lot. <laughs> That's real good. So when Taz goes to go eat the bird and the bird hits him with a hammer, I'm conditioned to enjoy that. I'm on that level. That, that sounds great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very—I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that, given that so much of this is kind of off-model Looney Tunes, copy-paste mm-hmm. kind of stuff, that they didn't shirk on the dialogue. Like, it's not better than Looney Tunes. It's just more Looney Tunes. right. Um, when I, like, I, I, I had this one bit of dialogue I wanted to mention where they're trying to find a Tasmanian devil for the hotel for like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, for, for purposes. <laughs> they, 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 they want to have an exhibit. I don't know. Sure. Uh, like well, you got a guy playing piano them, in the lobby. Sure. <laughs> and one of them was like, we have to find a Tasmanian devil or Mum will have a cow. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's all in British accent. And then, um, a Rob, paulson comes over and he's like right a cow won't do nothing like a tasmanian devil two bovine eats grass <laughs> and just walks off like
1: i don't know what the joke is <laughs> it's
0: just that's how he thinks the, of it the, the, the those, joke are,
1: is, those are the differences the joke is we have to fill does. half an hour <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah the the dialogue is cute um and, like, it, what you were talking about, it was, like, you can turn your brain off because the dialogue is just is just kind of fun, bouncy. You don't have to think too hard. Mm-hmm. Never is that more true than with the intro.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, the, if you want to know what they're saying, then your brain needs to be at working overtime and probably have, like, Genius.com open at the same time.
0: I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure that's intentional. Yeah. Like,
1: the, the mush mouth the, of it? The,
0: the, the, the mush mouth of it at the beginning, like you kind of know from that first quarter there, that first um, mm-hmm. that first half of a measure, that this is going to be a pleasant Australian man talking at me, <laughs> too fast for me to parse. Yeah, and this, that's
1: fine. This is Jess Harnell, voice of Wacko, doing his thing. You know, he 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 does patter songs, right? Like he does. Oh, these are all of the capitals. I'm just going to list yes. them. Yes, but there you you know what he's going to say. I found my yes, I'm linking that in the show this, notes again. My ability to comprehend what he's saying in this intro before looking up the lyrics versus after looking up the lyrics, night and day.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it, that's an interesting counterpoint because the the capitals, you know, all of the capitals, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I recite like, them every night before bed yeah exactly you know everything that's happening and it's turkey in the straw so it's you know a familiar tune everything is familiar except the speed of his voice that's not true here Mm -hmm. these are characters you probably have never heard of before even if you watch the show right (laughs) so like you would think that the decision behind the intro would be one that emphasizes phonetically the difference between these characters nope it's just a run-on sentence if, with everyone you might encounter
1: it's just trying to say here's a bunch of looney tune things yep enjoy them I, we know that you don't have several decades of background knowledge so here's all of them right o- if you've these got are a- the shapes <laughs> you'll want to watch out for if it's you, like
0: where's waldo they're,
1: they're, they're telling you who to watch for it's like oh you've yeah that's got a problem better it? call buddy boar is a sentence that tells us what you need to know about this pig with a cell phone Yep. but you don't understand it at a conscious level. <laughs> it's just here yeah, you got a problem ba ga ba ba.
0: Yeah and that's that's it doesn't the the yeah, measure of it is do. too fast. The measure of it is too fast. The lyricality of it is so monotonous for most of the measure. Na 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 na. Like there's three <laughs> notes in that. <laughs> and it's all an australian accent you're not going to know what they're saying Right? it's, it's impossible must watch more <laughs>
1: have to tune in it is super catchy though
0: no it doesn't it doesn't make you want to know what the lyrics are it tells you it's okay if you don't know what the lyrics are <laughs> we don't we might
1: not even know what the lyrics are you don't are. need it's to know okay. anything about this show it's it's you understood. don't need to know anything this, ever you need to know that you're watching a show so that the fourth wall breaks make sense and you need to be okay with cartoon violence that's it.
0: That's it. Yeah, it's 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 more or less Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner. Mm-hmm. Uh for Australia and, you know, a little bit further in time. Uh that being said, the lyricality of the intro makes my heart soar. Yeah. There there's there's something like that, that first thing's like um the um mom's alive wire, dad's a bump on a log. Molly's all fired up and Jake plays with a dog. That that has such
1: a good rhythm to it. it. It has an economy of space, right? Like, you're not wasting time to tell me. It's it's not the most, like, it, it's not telling me everything I need to know. It's telling me around what I need to know in a way that sounds good, right? Like, this this kid is never uncouth. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah. And and what the kid is
0: could not be more unclear. Right, like <laughs> he looks like a weird cupid
1: thing. Well, he's in supposed, the
0: Australian outback. He is. Supposed What's up with his be,
1: bowl cut? We don't know. He he is supposed to be like a tribal guy, but they didn't want nope. to do a tribal like stereotype. So they made him Irish. I don't I don't know what they were trying to do. <laughs> they were trying to make him as as couth as could be. Mm-hmm. Say, yeah, it, that's a very that's a very good. Point. like what the fuck does that mean like sorry, sorry like uh mr bushwhack and his mom and a mother called Mum. fine <laughs> <laughs> if
0: you got a problem call billy board like these all sound good but there's so little consequence to audience um like teaching the audience anything like the the there's no knowledge being imparted uh-huh. in this intro. It's, it's just feeling. saying a bunch of characters. It is just a feeling. And, like, they know that they're not trying to give you anything other than the names of the characters and having them appear during the song in line with the line that is saying the name of the character. So, like, mom, Mom's a live wire. She shows up. Dad's a bump on a log. He shows up. Like, whether or not you know bump on a log from, like oh, uh, bump on a log. Like, it, it, it. that could be anything. Yeah. Like, it might not be bump on a log. Or we don't what know what that phrase means. Also unclear. <laughs> um, I don't even know if it would have been clear in the 90s. What, what did bump on a log mean in the 90s? We, we see him golfing. Yeah. While the mom is doing business in the background. Sure. Like, the lyrics, although they sound nice, don't impart any information beyond... The visual what what they what they're the trying intro. to
1: tell you is this is a sitcom family, and they succeed. Welcome to sitcom. They, they succeed yeah. visually, so auditorially it can be whatever. And that that's that's fascinating to me, because <laughs> <laughs> like
0: I'm trying to think of other like uh other other kinds of cartoons that are trying to impart information in the intro. Like this Animaniacs. is a very information dense intro yeah It it is introducing 80 characters all of whom have their own little quirks but the point of the intro is to overwhelm you with how many goobers there are it's not trying to tell you information about any given one and i just i think that's an interesting way to do an intro that i'm having a hard time thinking of other examples well, of. well
1: they they do it in animaniacs right but they they do it with each line being a bit more intentional because Animaniacs just feels like a more highbrow show. That's
0: true, and and the characters in Animaniacs are more focal mm. in their respective little court. Like that, that's because the Animaniacs the, they breaks to, things out into chunks. They have to wherein, carry a
1: segment on their own, whereas Bullgator yeah. and Axel doing this, you know, duo thing trying to take down Taz. Like we don't need to know. All stuff we need ahead to know them. is.
0: All we need to know about any of the extended cast is that it orbits around Taz, much like everything else. I wonder how intentional having all these satellite characters around Taz's orbit is, with the fact that with he spin. spins in a cyclone.
1: Yeah, that that's a neat little uh, neat little observation. I like a uh, neat little observation that goes nowhere. Yeah. No, I, I like it. I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um maybe it's pleasant the, enough. He's got it he's got an attractive gravity. How how weird is it
0: that we all recognize that the bit characters are so unimportant and we don't need to know anything about them? And yet our main character is just as vapid. Yeah. Like there, there's nothing going on in there internally. It's just seeing Taz in an environment that doesn't fit a Taz. <laughs> like all these characters are as insipid and vapid as Taz. That doesn't make Taz any more inherently interesting. Like it's just right. It's been a while since I've enjoyed a show
1: this much that didn't have a character I cared about, even an iota. It, it's kind of like how you had a lot of different characters try to get one over on Bugs Bunny, and it was it was good to see him like plan ways to to you know turn it back on them or trick them or seduce them or. You know what have you? Ain't he a stinker? And here, you know, it's it's weaker because Taz is just a force of nature, and so all the yeah. slapstick and all the plan foils are things that just have to happen. They're not they're not motivated by th- our protagonist, but it's still done in the same way as Looney Tunes, and it that carries you surprisingly far.
0: Yeah, it's just um, it's just interesting. Yeah, the that like not only do the bit characters not matter? The main character doesn't even matter? The song even points it out. Like, well, we forgot we about just him. saying the intro tells you 50 characters that you're not going to remember for any reason. And then says, Oh yeah, Taz is there.
1: Like, the, <laughs> the intro knows society is unimpl- not built for him.
0: How unimportant these characters are to their own show. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's great. Like even, even Elmer Fudd and, um, you know, um, and, and uh, Southern Rooster, help me out. Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn. Even they are now deified by being in Bugs' orbit. But that's because Bugs is good. Yeah. It, this is almost like a deconstruction of what if we had a Bugs bunny that just
1: wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> He's just not all there. He's, you know, clocking out early. It's... It's, it's not... Faultless.
0: Again, this is a very middle-of-the-road Looney
1: Tunes. It, well, it, it's here's the thing. Bugs Bunny is eternal. He is enjoyable by kids of all ages for the slapstick and by older people for the wit and the reference and the parody. Taz is aimed much more at that younger audience. And, the you know, the dad doing funny lines, that's for us. But it doesn't have to be complex, so it isn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, it's just it's just so weird, I guess. it, it is weird. For,
1: and I've've struggled with how much like time we've had to fill about it, given that there's not a lot to say, but also that we still don't really understand. We're struggling it. to define it. Yeah, it's it's just like, something.
0: Can you think of another show with as little appreciation for the depth of its main character? Like, you have to go pretty huh. far back in the roster <laughs> to get to that. Like, you have to go back to, like, Tom and Jerry. Even Popeye had a little bit more going for him, you know? Yeah. This is just an extraordinarily vapid, vacuous thing.
1: Yeah. You you don't see this. No, it doesn't. What, what? Kirby? I... Kirby's a character I, well, where things just happen I mean, to we... him. He was interesting because Granted. of what he was. And Taz is mean, kind that's, of the that... same way.
0: I have to grade Kirby on a different scale, though. Like, (laughs) video game character is supposed to be vapid and useless. Like, yeah, it would be like not Link from the Legend of Zelda cartoon, who we all agree is a great character. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be like, what if we had Link from the video games as the main character in a cartoon? Yeah. Doesn't talk generically
1: positive, tends to be a fight boy yeah people monologue around him until one or the other gets hurt blows holes in walls is this zane is this link (laughs) i think i think and you're gonna like this i think he's kaz Khan. (laughs) (laughs) oh i do like that (laughs) just just, you know what if he was a barbarian what if he was a caveman oh man no i think i think the link i think the like blank slate force of nature is the right read of this guy um it's just given that there's I, not a lot else in anybody else it's uh it's it's hard to hard to grasp.
0: And I, I will say Taz isn't quite force of nature. He he is kind of a sweetheart at like he's an id with a sweetheart.
1: He's like strong Mad. Yeah, it's very sensitive ball of force. And you you have Homestar cartoons with Homestar the good guy and Strong Bad the bad guy and those are both interesting cuz they're good focal characters. Strong Mad kind of should be a background guy. <laughs> kind of needs to be just a functionary. It's it's very
0: weird. Uh, we we have said it 80 times. I don't think we're gonna get to the to the bottom of this. It, this it's void possible that typhoon. it doesn't have one. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird concept. What a weird concept and a weird execution that somehow works. Yeah. And we have a hard time describing how it works. Go look at Taz. Tasmania, everyone. Th- like That's why I think it works see... in spite of him. Yeah, it, it just... It looks very off-brand Looney Tunes. Like, th- this would be the Australian version of Looney Tunes. Yeah. Almost. Like, this is their conception of Looney Tunes, and they just, like, remade everything in their image. And
1: for legal reasons, they couldn't use bugs, so they made all of the normal stock characters and all the sound effects and all of the animation craft and the and the you know timing beats and then they just put in a big nothing in the center of it because they know the rest of it can hold up and they don't have anything better to replace it with
0: let's let's go back to the the, the vortex metaphor there's nothing holding it up other than inertial gravity like this this yeah. this centripetal motion toward the center which in lieu of an actual gravitational force is just something that spins, and that is Taz.
1: And you know, in the same way, he has way, no personal gravity. In the same way, he's just spinning his wheels, right? Like, I don't want to watch a large amount of this show.
0: No, uh, it's 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 of its piece. It's a Looney Tune. It did what it came here for. And get, get, yeah, if you're here for Looney Tunes, this is one. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're not going to be un, unpleased it, it's with not the that- result. It like. It's not the shot in the if dark that Looney
1: Unleashed is, right? This far future it's super team <laughs> where they're trying to do something.
0: They're not really trying to do anything here. Yeah. It is, this is almost like a high school AU kind of Looney Tunes. Like, they're
1: just... We're just killing what time. If Tunes, what if Looney Tunes wasn't, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> what if we had to start this ecosystem from scratch? Yeah. <laughs> Spore, but for Looney Tunes. Make it happen. <laughs> oh man i made a murder matron again i gotta stop doing that <laughs> no, no, no. why did i put all my why did i put all my points into devour uh speaking of video games uh i don't know if we wanted to talk about I, I, taz has several video games the concept of this Ooh. marauding force without much motivation except for food is a good starting ah, point um I'm, i can still hear the the jingle from super nintendo yeah i'm, I'm most familiar with the super nintendo one um uh, and cut in the jingle, why don't you? Mm-hmm. But um, I'm just remembering, you know, you mentioned the, his spin, his out-of-control center of gravity spin. Using that as a move in the game. It has just, such good kinesthetics. <laughs> you just move in a direction you cannot handle.
0: Yeah, and, and for, the, for the listener, it's essentially like any Nintendo-era racing game. Yeah, you run you know, forward you and bird. just run out the track. Bird. Yep, run forward, catch bird uh arrows exist pits exist repeat mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very and that man the, the kinesthetics on that spin are so wonderful yeah and it just characters can't really move like that you know <laughs> like they, they all they all move like humanoids whether or not you have like a big strong lumberjack character where most of the momentum is in their upper body swinging side to side whether you have kind of a lithe slick character like a Waluigi or something yeah where where you know he's kind of sliding around the rink um this is just not a way that you can it's it's so hard to describe the Tasmania spin have you ever seen a beyblade like the- <laughs> it's 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 like a weighted bay blade you know like tasmania spin should be given to people in a physics class um alongside the <laughs> lecture where you have like a spinning chair and you hold out weights like this is how you
1: teach angular momentum yeah 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 oh what what if a centrifuge was off balance if that's exactly it's like someone threw a rock into my centrifuge yeah this
0: is guys The the spin the spin is everything here. Yeah. The the spin I, I I know that I'm going like weirdly philosophical but like there's nothing else there. It it is
1: all spin, no win. You know? <laughs> yeah. in absence and, of a character, the uh, the capacity to get in or out of a situation without needing explanation is all you need here. <laughs> it makes me think of like how the pitch must have been and like someone shows them the card of like
0: Taz and is like here's the main character and they're like needs something and then the guy just like uh and starts rotating it <laughs> like he's a sign <laughs> spinner like, outside the pizza joint. oh
1: story. yeah <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> and, then, and the exec is just like you've done it again
1: <laughs> yeah but, uh, yeah, what a
0: weird entry into the Looney Tunes pantheon. I mean, they've I, had I like lot. him, though. They've had a lot of weird I entries. I like him.
1: I don't want him to go. I, I'm glad that he's there. Uh, I don't mind him leaving occasionally and then coming back like a yo-yo. Well, uh, Like an off-balance yo-yo. You don't know when he's going to come back. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, in this show, you don't really know when he's going to be there. Yeah, we'll spend a long amount of time just away from him, and then it's like, it's as if the show is like, oh, shit, we forgot we left the, the stove on. Oh, uh, don't forget about Taz. Don't don't forget about him. Don't you forget about forget Taz. About Taz. <laughs> <laughs> I think so that weird. we're done. Yeah, it, uh, let's wrap like up this done.
0: very fast uh very Chaotic. unwieldy episode. Yeah. So, um yeah, Zane, did you watch? did you enjoy it while you were watching it?
1: Not as much as I was hoping. Like I remember being excited for it many years ago and uh was kind of expecting there to be more but at the same time i kind of always knew there was a limit to what you could do beyond good looney tunes
0: yeah it's it's got a high floor low ceiling kind of kind of problem yeah um i think that i have a lot of nostalgia for this simply because of the the way my brain kind of lit up with the intro with those macaques cawing and the toucan flying away yeah
1: it's a nice intro it's a nice aesthetic it it draws you in but it doesn't have a lot to keep me around um i think if we didn't have the baggage of having wanted to check this out previously i would have pitched like you know a different loony like tweety bird mysteries Uh, what what if what if somebody was constantly trying to eat columbo you know that kind of (laughs) thing
0: no this is i mean like granted that 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 is that's valid and we should do a like legit just. Straight... We should do a
1: Columbo vor podcast.
0: Yeah, there you go. What we should do an actual like Bugs Bunny and or Daffy Duck or something because or, or go I even am... further
1: back and see the Merry Melodies. We could
0: do that. Like there are things that we should probably look at just because they are they are pinnacles. They they're pillars that sure are that are used as the foundation of all. Western animation. Yeah. Which we haven't done yet in Looney Tunes. We kind of walked, we kind of negotiated around the sidelines. We've done a Popeye, this we've done a, a
1: Fantasia. This is the other pillar.
0: It, it, well, we're not at the other pillar. We're, this is like this weird Nega pillar. Like there's, <laughs> which, which is, which is a new Pokemon. It's, I believe, <laughs> a, a ghost caterpillar.
1: <laughs> I'm not against it's,
0: yeah. uh, no, it. It's, yeah. No, it sounds pretty good. Check out uh Pokemon Crimson?
1: Pokemon Spatula? Pokemon Mania? Yeah, I don't I,
0: I don't know what they're up to yet. This is an interesting one because it's Looney Tunes, but without the good characters. Or, or without the the specificity necessary in in your craft. Yeah, like the, just take brand. all of take all of the flavor of Looney Tunes and then just throw it on some nouns in some place. <laughs> just just take it and throw it into a random part in Australia and this pops out. There There's no construction beyond just regular Looney Tune. And I think that's very interesting, just that the IP of Looney Tunes carries so much, even when you don't have a worthy vessel. Yep. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy it. I was happy
1: to go back to it. Uh, I'm going to be singing the theme song for days. (laughs) Well, it's pretty good. Um, And uh, what about the theme song of the next show we're watching? If it has one, which it kind of doesn't. It's Robot Chicken. What was the one after Robot Chicken? Yeah, uh, you can ask me about that. Okay. Uh, Well,
0: Zane, I'm a a bad podcaster. I always (laughs) forget this part. Um, Well, Zane, next time we're going to be looking at something whose theme song i only vaguely remember uh robot chicken yeah also animal related in only the loosest sense
1: yeah what if what if instead of this show where we're not you know messing with the medium at all what if we only messed with the medium but had jokes that were just like hack 80s comic bits yeah just like all medium no message yeah yeah (laughs) um which you know that was the style at the time indeed much like that sentence yeah. <laughs>
0: <took me> <laughs> Sorry, I I'm in a t- I'm in the I'm, I'm in a Taz hole. I'm in a T hole. Oh, um, might, might might take me a while to come out. You,
1: you want to put some balm on that, or you're going to be in T pain? I don't know what that joke was. <laughs> Can we move along? <laughs> I kind of liked it though. I'm upset. Auto tune it. I'm going to look up T
0: pain now. He's the
1: auto tune guy. Oh, is it? He's one of them.
0: I, I don't know the things that you know. All right. I don't know how you pick this stuff up. It's either through Power Rangers or Survivor, and I don't care to know which one. Uh, Zane, what are we doing after Robot Chicken?
1: Ben, after that, we are going to be looking at a show uh, in the grand history of WB animation. For our Wait, two- is it 200? Are we up to 200? It, it's our 200th episode, and <sighs> one that did get the love and attention of Steven Spielberg. Oh, E.T. It's time. Great animated feature. You know, we always do... You know the this action comedy superhero great animation great fun. Uh, we're gonna watch Freakazoid.
0: Freakazoid.
1: Freak-a-me. Freakazoid is you
0: Hula girls. <laughs> I have so much appreciation for Freakazoid. I'm not gonna be able to contain my enthusiasm. Nor should you, audience. You can go to our <laughs> website, CartonCast dot com uh, at fancybat.com slash cartoncast and leave us a comment on either of those shows on our contact page you can go to apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review it really helps us out and validates our existence and more than anything else tell your friends about the
1: show and i didn't mean to have like wb property just a couple before our big like to episode 200 wb property but the fact that we talked about how the musical stings work and how the like Timing of it works and gets back into that sort of thing. It'll feeling. be useful grounding. And then, you know, given this in the Space Jam episode, we're probably not going to touch WB for a while.
0: It's going to be a bit. It's going to be uh, a Unless we just want to make a fucking year out of it. Uh, just I'm all, all right. Looney Tunes all the time. Okay. Yeah. There's only so much no, you can do you, with it. You've seen once, you've seen them. Like, this is arguably one of the better properties to do it for just because it's so damn weird in yeah. comparison to all the other Looney Tunes.
1: Mm
0: hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us. And uh, Zane, anything Taz related or otherwise to send us into the closing music?
1: Uh, I don't think we mentioned enough how weird it is that he pops out like Uncle Sam, and the the intro <laughs> says we need you. Did, did we did we address what that's about, or did we just raise it as a no, question? No, <laughs>
0: no, we we addressed it to the same degree the show
1: did. It, Fair. It just, yeah. <laughs> they don't pay the writers enough. I don't know. Just we like, need him to <laughs> pop out of something and deliver his. Incredible catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the putty patrol. That is strange. It, it's like they
0: blew all their budget on the majority of that intro and they just ran out of it. Mm-hmm. That's all, folks. <laughs> That's all. <laughs>